Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This week I speak to rugby pundit, entrepreneur, mental health advocate and author Brent Pope. This is me, this is, this is the real Brent, this is who I am, warts and all. Um, if you don't like that, well, I'm not in a situation, I'm not that type of person that says, well, boo-hoo, you know, I don't need you. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it, it, I do see it as reasonably brave to, to, to say you're vulnerable and to yeah. talk about your life and saying, OK, and a lot of areas I've messed up. Boy, I've messed up. But we all know. have. But we all have. Mm. Haven't we all sitting out there saying, you know, if my life had gone in a different direction? But I think what you said before is really inspirational, is that regardless of what of where life takes us, whatever road, that it could end up in a silver line. Yeah, you yeah. know, it could, you know, you you go into a new job, you go into a new relationship, you go to a new country, you, you, whatever, whatever that is for you, that look at that journey as saying something that, okay, it's a change of direction in your life, but it also could be a good change or it could be a wake-up call or it could be a, a, a move to some to somewhere else in your life that, that could be good. Brent has had a difficult few years from the death of his father in 2019 and now his recent health issues he feels were brought about by a drug he was prescribed. In this conversation, he's reflective about his regrets in life and his hopes for the future and it was an absolute honour to chat to him. Here it is. So the past 18 months have been a really challenging time for, for everyone, yeah. but for some more than others, for so many different reasons. And and you have, you've had a lot of stuff kind of happen. Yeah, you know, unfortunately a lot of stuff really uh, over the last couple of years because I lost my, my, my dad in uh, 2019 and we were very close and... <clears throat> There's a lot of 
you know, when you lose somebody and you haven't spent the best part of their life with them, and what I mean is I, I made that choice. I made that choice to come to, to Ireland and make it my home. Uh, and I love Ireland and I love Irish people and uh, consider myself sort of plastic patty Irish now. But it comes with regrets in some regards because my father was very close to. I didn't kind of see his last 20 years of his life, nor did he see mine. Now, okay, you follow stuff that I was doing in the papers or whatever on videos, but I mean, there was some regret with that. So I went home in, in 2019. That was sort of sudden. I was on holiday in Portugal and I got a call from my brother saying dad had passed away. Um, and little things you think back, you know, I've been back, I'd been back the Christmas before, and then I'd written a letter that I wanted to give him to him to say what he meant in my life to me, um, and I didn't. And it's something I say now to people, like tell people that you love them and you care about them, tell them every day, because it'll come a time when I sort of held off and I said, no, I'll give it to him next year, uh, and then suddenly there wasn't a next year. So, yeah, that... That then I was home just before COVID, um, and then I came back, uh, and then yeah, things really started to unravel for me health-wise. Nothing to do with um, um, COVID. I have my own conspiracy theory about what happened to me, but uh, since that time, I've been really quite um, unwell. Yeah, and physically, and then it also takes its toll mentally, obviously, because I, I, you know, I put it to anybody that has had to undergo the number of hospital visits, consultant visits that I have, that it doesn't affect you mentally, you know, that you get down, uh, you get, you know, you wait, you're in sort of what I call God's waiting room in a sense, you know, because you're waiting to hear back with results and tests and, and you get a you get a larger look at life, really. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a wake-up call too, you know, to, to the way that I need to live my life or whatever, and I'm not sort of talking, you know. I mean, then there'll be days where, you know, today, <clears throat> today thankfully, is not a bad day. Okay. Um, so I try to map out days and, and, and sort of score them, you know, mental health-wise too, score them out of 10 and say, okay, well, yesterday was a 6 or 7 out of 10, you know, maybe tomorrow can be better. You know, and sometimes you, you'll drop down to a two or three where I'm in chronic pain, and 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 it's just, it's just, it's like my system has completely broken down on a lot of levels. You know, um, your liver, my my gastrointestinal tract, um, my nerves, all those things have really just packed up. It can be so deceptive sometimes when you see somebody, can't it? Um, yeah. But you know, looks. And kind of air quotes yeah. looks yeah. well, which yeah. you do. Yeah. But then internally, and and what's happening, and in, in terms of how you feel, uh, in terms of pain and and the different yeah. elements, yeah. it's not it's not the case. No, it's not that. It's it's far from the case, to be honest. And you make a good point because people, I think they they say it as a throwaway comment too sometimes. And you know, we know all about Irish psychology. Oh, you're grand, you know, like mm. everybody's grand, you know. Um, but at one stage there, when when I first started, when I was first, um, I lost, I lost about fifteen to twenty kgs in about two weeks. Oh God, you know, okay. I mean, that's a lot of weight. I came in back from New time. Zealand at, yeah. at, at about 109 um, kgs. Anybody's weight, probably about 17, 17 and a half stone, and I dropped down to about, I dropped down to about sort of 14 and a half for no reason. Wow. Still eating, um, and got no answers. And and well, got answers to a degree that my my, as I say, my GI tract was 
inflamed and ulcerated right through and I kept going back into to hospitals to have more tests and you know they would say look now you now the ulcers are starting to bleed and we don't know why and you know I call myself Mr Rare and Unusual because that's what a lot of the consultants will come back and say look you're in a you're in a rare and unusual group that we don't know why this is happening but it is happening same with my you know same with my liver I'm not I'm a I'm an unusual subset like I'm not I'm not uh, diabetic or pre-diabetic or I'm not, you know, I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a smoker, all those things. And yet my liver is packing up, um, you know. Uh, how, how does that make you feel? I would imagine it's very frustrating, the not knowing. <sighs> it's scary. It's a scary place to be because I think I've never been, you know, I keep saying to people when I go into the consultants because, you know, there's another there's another scary thing. And I think sometimes they need to realise, sometimes they need to realise that um, they need to hear you, you know, like, I mean, in a situation that, you know, that when they can see real things, I don't think it's good enough to just to sort of say, oh, well, you know, it probably isn't or it probably isn't, you know, like those things because they don't help. All I want to do is, 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 is want to feel better. And after nearly two years or a year and three quarters of not feeling well, I want to know when I'm going to feel better, if better at all. And you start to lose hope after a while. You start to lose the fact that, you know, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be my old self. I'm never going to be, I'm never going to feel that way again. And that's, that's scary. I mean. Do you believe that? Sadly, I kind of do now. Do you? I do because because it's it's as if that's when I say God's waiting room is as if I'll have a I'll have a, a, a you know a, a, a decent day. I'm not saying decent as in two years ago decent, but I'll have a decent day and then the next day I'll feel awful. You know, so things will come back and just when you start getting hope, it's as if somebody's putting something out and then taking it away all the time. You know. Um, I, I don't know, you know. I mean, I've still got a, I've still got a, you know, a few alarming, um, I suppose, tests coming up and that to 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 kind of hopefully rule things out. Um, but it's it's frightening when you when you go into those situations before. And I, you know, as much as anybody tells you, as much as anybody tells you, from their perspective, what it's not likely to be. That's not you. That's not that. I've so much sympathy for people going through things now because everybody can stand while their life is going on okay. They can always stand back and say, "Oh, look, you know, it's it's, it's not going to be that." Or the other one, I, oh, you know, you, you just have to get on with it or deal with it. And that, you know, that's not the way people feel when they're going through problem areas. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of people out there now that are going through things. You know, before this, before people probably knew that I had my own problems. I was contacted because of my mental health training. I was contacted by a lot of people going through periods of anxiety, periods of depression, suicidal thoughts, all those things over COVID. Mm. Um, and yet we're told the same thing by other people. Oh, you'll be fine. You know, like you'll get another job. You know, you'll find another partner. You you know, but look, some people don't. or Some people feel lost. And, and we're only starting to see, I think, the, the kind of iceberg of mental health problems after COVID because yeah. we're only starting to see people finding it very difficult to go back to work. What does the new norm look like for them? You know, they may have spent so much time with their partner that they're not in love anymore. You know, like all these things are coming into play now as, as people are going back to normal. Some people are rushing back to normality and saying, fantastic, back in at work. Um, you know, can't wait to see people, can't wait to make new friends or new starts. Other people, 
that's incredibly scary for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they need to be nursed along in the appropriate uh, appropriate manner because, and as some, as some woman described it to me over the phone, I was trying to sort of counsel her, I suppose. She just said, Brent, she said, going back to work now for me after a year and a half is like my first day at school. She said, I don't make friends very easily and, and it took me a long time to make friends in my work and, and now those people have moved on. I don't know who I'm going to be working with. Um and that's awkward. And people people that are confident in their lives can turn that around and say, oh, you'll be fine. You know, you make friends and that. But for, for some people... I hear you. Yeah. And, I, and I, I know and I know people who are struggling with that idea of yeah. having worked at home for so long, now kind of going back, they don't want to go back. No. Um, and, and it's new because of, of new life, yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's the anxiety it brings. And I think a lot of people, even if... Uh, there were obviously people who had um, struggles with anxiety or mm. other mental health issues pre-COVID yeah. and then it kind of magnified it. But then there are people who didn't, who start to feel anxious and never felt it before. So as you said, it, it's now, it's well, for the past, for the past year and a half, it's been needed. But really now it's when we're coming out the apparent mm. other side of this. That, the, that that people need more help than ever adjusting to life again. Yeah, and because life's not, not the case, same. Life's not the same, and this kind of bounce-back ability. Some people have it, others don't. And I think I think most of us, if we're truly honest, are probably struggling in one way or another mm. because it has been... It, ha- it has been such a challenge. You know, I'm listening to you there, Brent, and you're such a brilliant, fluid speaker. You're, um, you're so incredibly open and giving no it's it's an amazing quality and i admire you massively and i know so many people mm. do oh, thank you. because when you're in it you're in it now yeah. so you're in this yeah. unknown period in your life of yeah. trying to get answers yeah. and you're sitting here talking about it which i think shows such a huge level of selflessness about you that because you could have very easily said no i'm not i'm not well, doing well, a lot it. of people a lot of people a lot of people do but the one thing You've got to you've got to talk the talk and walk the walk, you know. So, I've always been about. Um, I went through those years too of of I suppose having mental health difficulties and what it was to be a man and what it was to be a stereotypical rugby player in New Zealand, which was, you know, hang tough, you know, mm. real men don't cry. All those things were always told to me, and I couldn't understand that, and I couldn't understand why I was having panic attacks and why I was having anxiety attacks and bouts of depression early on in my life. And I was scared. I was scared of being judged. I was scared of being a wimp. I couldn't go to teammates. I couldn't go to anybody. And there was no help for there. So the one thing that I do is my life is about, and I'm not saying this as if I'm wanting to sit at God's top table or anything, but my life is about giving back some way, somehow. And... Um, if that's the way that I can do it by saying to people, look, you know, seek out counselling, seek out someone you can talk to. Everybody's in the same boat, as you just said, you know, have a chat, have a chat to your wife or to a friend or something and say, hey, I'm, 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 I'm feeling a bit scared or I'm not feeling, you know, my old self. And, you know, I think I need to go and see someone and get it sorted because, you know, I've seen the other end of it too, sadly. I've lost too many colleagues, you know, Mm-hmm. including friends that, that, you know, have have sadly, and I've, you know, the elephant in the room has taken their own lives. And yeah. it's got to that stage. And people can't understand. And I say to them, but anybody can be in that moment. And anybody can be in that irrational moment whereby they think that there's their only option. 
And I know because I've been there. Mm. You know, I've been in that thing, and it just about brings a tear to my eye sitting now thinking how scary and how lonely that was to be in that position where you thought that, you know, nothing else could make you feel better and that was your only option. And it can be anybody in any walk of life, and people sometimes stereotype these people that, that take their own lives and they say, oh, well, you know, that person was always prone to do that. Often it's the person that's not, and often you hear people saying, but I was just out with him last week and he was in great form and yeah. he was talking about the future and, and you know... I no mean, idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and no idea. And, and people people come to me, people come to me in tears and say, but, you know, I could have helped if I'd known. And I said, but, you know, you weren't to know, mm. you know, what that person was going through. But a lot of the times it's an irrational, spur-of-the-moment, spontaneous action to something that if somebody just sat down with that person or was able to get to them in that intervening period and say, look, hey, it'll be okay. You know, you're not going to be judged. The help is there. You can get better. You can have great days again. Mm. Um, and to take that away from them because when people get trapped in that mist or that depressive episode and they think there's no way out, that's when they start thinking of doing the unforgivable, really, to, to a lot of people. But it's a cry for help and... They just and I've worked with a number of, of of people when I was dealing, you know, studying psychotherapy and that that have had suicidal tendencies in their life, and they just it's just kind of a situation where they just feel trapped, you know, they just mm. feel trapped in this sort of thought process that you have to break, you know. But the only way you can break that is that people reach out and have the bravery to reach out and get on the phone and say hey look i'm struggling you know whatever it is whether it's covid whether it's health whether it's relationships whether it's financial just to have the bravery i never had that see i never had that bravery because i thought i'd be judged to go to another you know new zealand rugby player and say hey i'm 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 struggling with my mental health back in those days back in the 80s late 80s you would have deemed to be Weak, you know, you'd have been deemed to, you know, even when I reached out to doctors or whatever to get help, I envisaged, I envisaged that help would be one flow of the cuckoo's nest, mm. you know, that you'd be yeah. put into a psych ward somewhere in a in a, in a straight jacket and fed pills or whatever, you know, and and that probably wasn't that far away from the truth in those days. But now, there's help everywhere you look. But so that's. Part of my life is about giving back and is about wanting people to, to, to live the best lives they can, even despite the fact that I probably can't, you know. Um, so you strike me as somebody who's a really good pal to other people. And you're the guy that maybe, uh, you know, and I'm going through a bit of a bad patch. I'll, I might pick up the phone and, and, and yeah, chat to But friends. I don't, you see. I, I no, But I would do it for them, but I don't do it for myself. Well, I was just about yeah. to say. No. So you're that guy for other people. Yeah. But who's there for you or who do you allow in? I mean, you're being well, incredibly open here. I know that. But it's one thing having a conversation with yeah. a relative stranger. But within your circle, are you good at letting the guard down and no. saying, OK? I've just kind of, I suppose, in a sense, the last year and a half, especially, I've sort of dropped off the scene, really, uh, you know, because I feel all those things that you feel. I feel that. I'm a burden, you know, I, I feel that people don't want to know my problems or people have got their own problems, so I, sh I probably shy away from that. So I'm probably I'm probably that person that says everything is grand when, when it's not, mm. you know, and, and, and this has really taken the wind out of my sails in a lot of ways, you know, mm. um, having to deal with something physically because, again, 
you're trapped in a big loop, which is physical, mental, mental, physical, physical, mental. You know, like when you're not having a good day and you don't know that the next day is going to be any better, it it, 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 so it wears you down. Yeah. And, you know, being away... Being away from 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 my family, I've you know my mother's my mother's um, in a in a home now, so I wasn't able to get home and see her and my brother, you know, and I've only one brother, mm. um, so that's been hard um, because the phone, you know, even though he's loving and supportive and he works in mental health himself, he's a psychotherapist himself, so we obviously had some, you know, some sort of genetic drawing to that sort yeah, of yeah yeah. Uh, thing. So, so you've trained. You're 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 actually a yeah. qualified psychiatrist. Yes, it's just it just wasn't for me. Okay. It, it, you yeah. know, I, I I did the training and I did the hours. You know, it just, I, you know, people in the trade will know what I'm talking about. There was too much counter transference for me. So if I was talking to someone, I couldn't leave it. I I just couldn't leave it alone. Mm. You, you take know? it home with you. Uh, yes, and people would people would text me or something late at night or something like that. And I'd 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 be up all night. You know, worried. I remember going to the World Cup in Japan and um, uh, the Rugby World Cup, and I remember a guy that was in a bit of trouble um, texting me. He was actually over there, um, and I I was I was running around thinking, my God, what can I do? You know, how can I get him help in Japan? How can I, you know? So I took on that all that responsibility, um, and that you've got to be able to sit neutrally uh, in a sense and not get drawn into, you know, so if somebody came and started talking about their own, their upbringings, I would suddenly, it would transfer to mine. And so it would be, it would be me trying to say, hold on, this person is an individual, you know, it's not all tangled up. So I really decided then and there that unless I could get that right, then I probably wasn't, you know, best placed in that, in that sort of one-on-one space. Yes, talking to groups of people about mental health and especially young people or sports people, fine, perfect for me. But one-on-one counselling when it gets a bit, I suppppose close to the bone was, yeah. was, was, was tough. But and I, would, that, would that be a reflection of the kind of person you are in the sense that say, if somebody you know is in trouble, will you be going out of your way kind of to help them out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, always have. I mean, always have, but I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, I fulfil that perfect storm that you said before that, you know, I'll, I'll do anything to help somebody else, uh, but I won't, I won't reach out for them to help me, you know, yeah. to a certain degree, you know. Now, there have been, there have been a certain uh, number of people that, that have been really kind to me over this period and really good to talk to, but you've got to, you've got to handpick them, and some, that's when I said about, choosing who you decide to talk to about these things because it might not necessarily be the closest person in your life it might not necessarily be your wife or your partner or your father and your mother it may be just someone that you that you feel that you can open up to because because as a male it's often not going to be your your, your mates you know because you, you you know you don't want to start a conversation down the pub with hey guys you yeah, know yeah. my life's a mess because they'll do the old Irish thing or the old Kiwi thing. They say, ah, you'll be grand, you know, have another pint, you know, she'll be right, you know. Yeah, because they're uncomfortable with it. Yeah, because they're uncomfortable with it. So so you've got to find someone. My my advice to someone is, look, is find someone, anyone, Yeah. that, you know, and if it's easier doing it anonymously, it's if it's easier ringing a, a hotline, if it's re- easier going in and s- seeing a counsellor or something like that, then those are the steps you should make. 
because you read all this, you read all these booklets and that, and they say, you know, um, talk to your, talk to your husband or talk to your wife. Or no, sometimes people can't find that too difficult because it shows weakness. So they'd rather be my steps usually are like, you know, if you can't do that, then find a hotline or something like that that you can ring anonymously. And then the next step is maybe seeking a counsellor or something like that. that. Do it in small steps, easy steps that you can manage. And that can be hidden away. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, again, you just hear stories. When you're working in that industry, you hear so many stories that seem so innocuous to you and you can't see that you're talking to somebody across the table and they're telling you that they, life isn't worth living because they've lost a, a, a silly job, you know, and they can't go back and tell their wife and they, they, they're running about this lifestyle. I remember one guy that was, uh, you know, obviously don't mention any names, but was obviously a successful, successful guy financially mm. and he lost some investments and he just came in a really, really bad state to me. And he was just saying, look, Brent, you know, I can't tell my children. They wouldn't love me, respect me. My wife wouldn't love me if I told them I've lost my job or I've lost something like that. And he said, I don't know what to do. And he said, you know, I'm scared. And, and, and I just saw this guy that you just felt like shaking and saying, hey, it's only a job or it's only a, it's only a property or something like that. But... You had to realise that for him, that was so important, you know, for him. So everybody, everybody has their own sort of, I suppose, worries and concerns and and, and fear and, of rejection. Yeah, I and fear, well, that's another one. And 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 what what a lot of people do is, is trivialise it, you know, say, look, okay, because they they take their own self and say, look, that wouldn't be worrying me. Yeah, that wouldn't be worrying me, you know. It's the same as somebody in a relationship or something that isn't working out. Other people say, oh, just you know, move on and find someone else. But for a lot of people, that's not that easy. And, and we can see it in other people. Like, I'm sure as people yeah. say it to you, if, if you're concerned about we're all, we're, we all mm. have our own vulnerabilities and then people would say, but you're this, you're that, you're yeah. the other. But maybe if you're not in that place, you can't see it for yourself. You can't it, see it for yourself. And it's difficult. You're good at giving help. You're, you're there yeah. for people. Can you accept it for yourself? Are you good at... at no. Uh, yeah. Self-love? No. Terrible at it. And if somebody in close in your within your circle um, was to, to want to help you, how would you how would you react to that? I find it very hard to get in with me. And, and I, I'm, I'm sorry for that. You know, I'm sorry for that for them. And I'm sorry for, for me as well. Because I think one thing that we've shown over COVID is that you can count your really good friends on one hand. And boy, have, have I really believed that over, you know, over the last couple of years as well. And I'm sure other people can, will be nodding their head when they listen to that because, yeah. because it's usually family and a, and a few good friends. And if you can have family and you can have a couple of friends that you can go to and help to, then that's enough because... You and me are both the same in some regards. You're kind of, we're, we're media figures mm -hmm. and you can walk out in the street just walking around their temple bar before I come to it. The number of people that said hello to me and they call me Popey, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah, may yeah. be anybody from the guy working the trucks over there to people in the shops and stuff like that. And and that's lovely. But but they don't really know you. Sure. You know, they, 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 they think they know you, but, and so you've always got to have a side out there that's, for me, it's always, 
you know, that I'm cheerful and easygoing and that. But sometimes under lock and key, I'm not. And sometimes I'm sad and sometimes I'm scared and sometimes I'm worried. But you, you, you have a face out there that that is shown to be someone that deals with things and someone that gets on and someone that's living the good life and, you know, has all these things, all these ducks in a row. Boy, I've got so many unducks in a row. Mm. It, 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 it's unbelievable. But letting people in has always been has always been very difficult for me you know you know even in relationships and those things letting you know at, at some at some stage i was i was burnt and it's like touching a a, a hot hot things there's a lot of patience with me to be able to to, to build up trust to, and is to that ro- romantically burnt no no it 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 would be it would be going back to to the way i felt about myself when i was when i was young you okay. know the way i felt about myself i i i i'm i'm a i beat myself up you know mm-hmm. in everything i do i beat myself up i i'm i'm you know i've i've never felt I've never felt worthy in a lot of ways. I, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, even when things happen to me now, I, I, I get all tangled up and, you know, <laughs> I get all tangled up in religion and stuff like that. And I think, is this God's path for me, or you know, it's all, it's all, it's all a tie-in of of the whole things. But I think that, I think that I've always been, I've always been front and center. Um, in some regards, I'll say it now. In some regards, I feel to myself. I sometimes feel like Brent, you've been a fraud all your life because if people really knew you, that's why I wrote my book. If you really knew me, I, I, because if people really knew me, I wasn't always that confident kid or that team joke or that person in the in the rugby team that was. Oh, Popey's not worried about that, you know. Like he's the guy to go to. Like he's always upbeat and cheerful and cracking jokes down the back of the bus and the class clown and and. But yet I was going through so many problem areas when I was young and masking it. You know, that's what I call it, masking it. You know, the, the, the tears of a clown. Like, you know, I was going through horrific days where I just locked myself away from 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 my world um, and then was kind of just told to sort of suck it up and get on with it. So then I would go back into that, that other person, which was kind of the person that's easy going and happy and, you know, yeah. water off a duck's back. But that's not really at times. That's not the true man. I'm sure it's not. The, I'm sure it's the same for you or anybody else. You know, we absolutely. We, we all put out a face out there that we think that other people like. And yes, I think regardless of what we do for a living, I think we all have that. Where you know, you put on different hats, don't you? You do. And I mean, just on the just on the the, the thing. I mean, see, I'm I'm very now. It's by choice, and it's by choice. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. But. Um, I've really missed. I've really missed. I suppose these last couple of years. I just get sort of upset when I talk about it, of having someone in my life, a, a partner, or something to go through things with. You know, mm. it's tough going to consultants' appointments or being in hospital and that, and when your family's on the other side of the world, and it's and it, and it's tough. It's tough not having someone there to hold your hand and 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 go through it with you together and say, look, whatever this is, we'll 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 go through it together. And you know, so so you can feel quite alone. And and that's no just. Dis- I have you know, I've 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 friends that will come with me. And you know, I've asked a friend to come to me with me the next appointment because it's quite a scary one for me. And just to come there and just be there because, you know, just you know, not in the not in the room, but just be out there because you know. Yeah. Um, 
it's just it's 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 important to but i but i can see the i can see the value and strength from people you know doing things doing things together and and it's really spurred me on i'm 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 and it's something i might come back and talk to you about later i'm gonna i'm gonna set up a little kind of charity myself around um uh, sports people that want i'm gonna call it support sport and people that were well known in media or sport or something would just go and talk to someone that was maybe suffering from loneliness or terminal illness or whatever because i really saw the value in people that are alone you know talking to people and yeah. i think that sports people and stuff like that and media people have that ability to touch people's lives and where that came about was a couple of years ago um, sadly, I had, a, I had a friend who was a social worker, Melda Keown, and, you know, they often say the good people are taken, you know, and she was a, a phenomenal worker for other people. And she rang me one time, she said, Brent, she said, there's a rugby fan down here, sadly he's passing away and he's he's only got a couple of months left, um, but he'd love to meet you because he's a big fan and he's loved rugby all his life and he's in his 50s. And, and my first thought was... What do I do? What can I say to this to this to this man? And then I then I rejigged that, and I thought, well, it's not about me. It's not about me. So I plucked up the courage, and you know, and I went down. I went down, and I sat with this man, and we laughed, and we cried, and and his wife sent a lovely note after uh, that to say what that hour two spent with Brent Pope had meant to her husband. And I just thought, wow. Yeah. You know, if we've the ability, if we've the ability, and I'm talking we, I'm talking you know people like you and I, and if we've that ability to touch somebody's life like that, and when I was in hospital there, even in 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 you know about a year ago when I was hospital there for for, for a woman came up to me and just said, and she was obviously she was in the oncology ward, and she just said when she said I'm a huge Munster fan, she said I would have loved to have met Paul O'Connell in my life I really loved that man and I thought I could have done that mm. you know I could have facilitated that I could have I could have I could have set something up I know Paul well I could have rung him and said look hey if you're passing there's this lady that would love to see you meet you and spend five minutes whether it's a call whether it's a card I don't know what that is so I'm determined to sort of set something up that people could go not a not a red carpet not roll out the red carpet and have photographers there sure, and yeah. say okay you know somebody's visiting the wing or something like that. No, I just mean somebody that would call in after training one night, especially from GAA. I mean, GAA are great at that, you know. Yeah. Call in to see somebody that maybe has been widowed or something that's living out in the country, like you're from the country like me, and, you know, there's plenty of people out there that are living lonely life, farmers or whatever and that, and GAA has been part of their life or their mm. fabric. And we even know, you know, there's people that talked about being able to go down to the, to the pub and that and, and, and having a few drinks or the GAA and stuff is part of their life. And and suddenly if they get widowed or something or in a lonely place and for somebody to call down, that you know, just call down and say, hey, John, you know, how are you getting on? There's a couple of free tickets this week's match. or And also from the other side of it, I was talking to a couple of GAA players in particular and they said, actually, Brent, it would be good for us too because we've recently retired and we don't get that, you know, going into Croke Park with eighty or ninety thousand people, and suddenly you, you know, if you know it from your Mayo background, suddenly those people that come back and are maybe going to retire and not be on another Mayo team, yeah, 
you know, that can, that, that's affecting them mentally. You yeah. know, they get back on that money, and yes, the crowds are there saying, well done, guys, you're brave and that. But then they sit down with their hands in their heads and say, opportunity missed. I might not get another opportunity. These are the harsh realities of sports. I might not be on the panel next year, even if we get to the final. You know, and those things affect people's mental health as well. It sounds like something that would really benefit the person who reaches out or is yeah. looking for that connection, but also for the person Absolutely. providing it. So, and again, I think it says a lot about you. And I'm a big believer in the most important thing in this, in the world, whatever this living of a life is all about. But it's the impact you have on people. That's, for me, that's it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That's it. But that's a wonderful thing to say, and, 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 and not, not as many people say that as you think. People, by and large, lead their own lives, and some, and some people, and I say it now, and some people lead selfish lives. It's, it's, about, it's about what they can get, when they can get it, and yes, they may have the, have the house on the hill and the flash cars and the, and the trophy part and all that, but what have they, what have they given back? You know, what, what, what has been that purpose? And, and you make a good point because the last, the last couple of years, I've really had to search and say, well, what is my, what is my purpose? You know, what, 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 what can I leave? You know, I don't want to be talking about legacies and stuff like that, but it does cross your mind. And you do think, what can I do, what can I do to make this a better place for everybody? You know, to, to, you know, depending on how, how long you've gotten, none of us know. You yeah, know, at the end it, of the day, we not. don't know. And it's easy to be flippant about that and say, oh, well, you know, it's not going to happen to, you know, people aren't going to pass away in COVID, people aren't going to pass away with cancers or other things. They do, you know, and, 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 and you take a close look and say, hey, you know, you're never too, we're never too far away from sort of being fallible or being here. Yeah. We're, we're never too far away behind, you know. And suddenly when people get thrown into that situation where they start having to look at their lives and say what's important or what's not, it's, 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 it's a good thing. Can I go back to um, what you were saying earlier about, you know, sometimes feeling like you're, you're not worthy or not mm. feeling enough. And I think that's something that a lot of people connect with. Mm. I think we struggle sometimes to say it. And mm. it's certainly something that I, I, I speak about myself because I, I you know, it's yeah. that classic imposter syndrome and not feeling like you're yeah. you're good enough for whatever the situation is. And a, and a lot of people do feel that way. Have you discovered in, in your many, many years of, of, I suppose, delving deep yeah. and, and, and training and different things where that comes from? Uh, yeah. I I I I, pop, I have a pretty good idea where it comes from. I think it's probably it's probably you know I I, I it might be too I, personal to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 it, it, it probably is, but it, it it stems from a it stems from a lack of belief in my in in myself and and again feeling like you know I suppose a Rolling Stone you know. <laughs> Well, say in this case, a Rolling Stone gathers moss. You know, mm. it's a sense that if, if from an early age you always felt inadequate for whatever reason, for whatever reason, whether it was a teacher at school told you, whether it was somebody in your life, whether it was rejection. You know, see, we're not the we're not the first people that carry things from our youth on. Mm. A lot of people do, and a lot yeah. of people, when you go back, in fact, there's a great there's a great um, thing people look into sometimes which is schema therapy and it really when you when you read a book around schemas what it is is really that we're all pro, somewhat programmed to act in a, in a certain way 
and that unless that that same person that acts in a certain way around relationships or around finances or whatever like that was always going to be that way unless he broke that chain or she broke that chain if you know what i mean mm. you know it's the same as it's the same as people that go back to um partners that maybe have abused them because they just think that they're not worthy of a, of a, of a relationship and you get that quite often you you say to you say to especially women look you know why do you think that you love somebody that is hitting you or abusing you mm. and they'll come back because he's the only one that ever loved me or he's the only one that's ever worked. and 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 that is hard to take and and most people would stand up there and stand on their pedestal or whatever and say just leave this man or leave this woman or or or, or get out of that relationship and yes that should be the easiest thing to do but it's not yeah and i mean we all know we all know friends out there you know we you know we all know friends that are stuck in in, in relationships that are not good for them um but you can't tell them yeah. and it's always people that say oh look should i tell should i tell my friend this that and the other and i say be very wary because you'll suddenly be ostracized to the extent that oh well my best friend and i i saw something and and should i tell my friend yes in principle yes in principle if you're a friend you should but it's a it's a thin line to to, to you've got to be prepared to maybe lose that friendship unfortunately mm. because people don't like being told what to do or how to do it mm. because they go back to learnings they've had all their life if you've always been re if you've always been rejected in in in, in love or has been always felt inadequate somebody comes along and gives you that love periodically you're going to run to it you're going to embrace it and you're going to say this is the most wonderful thing because somebody actually loves me flaws and all mm. but sooner or later it creeps in then um you know he'll leave or she'll leave or you know um and for a long time i felt for a long time i'll be honest here for a long time my relationships broke down because I would think, you know, even though I've got a lot of wonderful qualities and I, I, I you know, I, I don't say that in a bragging way, but I've had to say that to myself yeah, and, yeah, and say, I look, you. you know, I am, a, I am a kind person. I am, I, I do, I do have qualities of generosity in these things, which is I like about myself the most, but I would often think unbeknownst to them, I would often think, you know, what are they doing with me? You know, when, once they see the real me, that's not the media me or whatever, then they won't love me and they'll and they'll leave me. And subsequently, I probably self-sabotaged relationships on that basis. I probably formed an argument or formulated a, a, a situation where I said, look, okay, you know, you want to get married i'm not sure about that or whatever or you want children i'm not sure about that and and they would leave the relationship and and that's come with a lot of regret you know i, I i've met some wonderful people in my life and, and that i could have spent wonderful time yeah. with yes um and i self-sabotage and now i'm at an age whereby you know there's a sense of you know there's a sense of loneliness i'm not a i'm not a i don't choose to be a bachelor you know i am that's the other thing that annoys me when people say, oh, you know, he's a bachelor. I hate that word. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just hate that word, bachelor. I, I you know, Yeah, what because, does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? Because what it, what it means to people on the outside is somebody that probably drives flash cars and is out and about and having the life of Riley and, and, and wants to be single. But but that's not me and it's not a lot of other people. You yeah. Know, it's, it's not. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Do you still have hope? Um, In yes. terms of, 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 uh, of meeting somebody romantically? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've, 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 I'm probably not in the right place now, but I mean, again, I've got to believe, as you just said before, good advice. I've got to believe that, you know, there'll be, there'll be more better days then there will be not so great days and that, you know, and that this actually is a launch pad. I was talking about the charity. There is a launch pad to do, to do other things. Mm. You know, there's, there's some, there's some good that's come. There's some silver linings. I mean, in, in fact, there's massive silver linings, you know, there's, there's, there's silver linings about how I, I want to live my life from this point on, um, you know, in a sense of, in a sense of what is important and what is not. Um, and a sense of yourself of, of being someone that says, okay, yes, I would welcome, I would welcome that sort of, I suppose, love of my life. I, you know, I've got to take another look at my, I suppose, my religious feelings. Um, you know, that's another. I have to have another close look about my relationship with God, or you know. Um, Do you mind me asking about that in the sense of? Well, I was brought up. A, I was brought up a, a strict Catholic, you know, yeah. to such an extent of sort of altar boy and 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 um, all those things. I, I probably, you know, I probably strayed from the faith in a sense of attending church every week or whatever like that. Um, and I probably, I was probably like everybody else. I selfishly dipped into into God when when I needed that sort of, I suppose, reassurance or whatever, you know, I'd go down and get on hands and knees and say, you know, God, you know, let my father or mother or brother get through this or let yeah. me let me score the winning try in a rugby match, you know, as much as any significance. So I always had I always had a faith. I had a I had a glimmering faith there. But I didn't have I my father had a a, a deep faith and, and my mother has a strong faith. Um I'm I'm not as strong as that, mm. but I want to believe, 
I, I want to believe what I've always believed. I, I've always believed that if I live my life, if I live my life according to what I think, how I think God would want it to, is that convenient or is it a way of looking at it? You know, in the sense of, you know, I, I, I've never set out to ever hurt anybody intentionally um, in anything I've done in my life. I, I, I'm, I'm a kind person. I, I work in God's ways a lot of things. Is that enough or not? I don't know. I mean, you know, did did being a Catholic influence your decisions through the years? Yeah, absolutely. And do you, are you are you comfortable with those decisions that were made, or do you kind of look back going, mm, maybe things could have been different? Uh, it's more mm, maybe things could have been different. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because I think. Yeah. I think when I say you know I'm a generation probably over and above yourself, but. The Catholic faith has struggled to to I suppose meet the demands of new generations and you know it's it's been hard sometimes because I can see I can see why my parents' generations had great faith you know because you went to church every week and you know it was it was part of the fabric you know it was part of your society fabric that the priests would call out even you know when my mother couldn't go to church anymore a couple of years ago the priests would come out and and say mass out out in the house or whatever it's just that I had to have a look at 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 at, uh, at my relig- religious sort of how I felt about it. Yeah. Like my brother actually was going to was was going to go into the priesthood at one stage. So our, our, our faith was strong. Yeah. My family and I, I feel that I probably let I probably let dad down in the sense that you know that I I've, I would argue about him about faith and he just had an unwavering love of 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 God and 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 what happens next and you know. Um, so I've had to have a look at that as well, you know. I've had to have a look at, you know, do, do, you know, how, how can I, how can I kind of reflame that in, mm, in a sense? Yeah. You know? And I think it's, it's. I would like to have more faith. I would. You're in. You're really in in it. I, you, I feel from you that you're in such a reflective phase in your yeah. life because you're yeah. being faced with a lot yeah. of challenge yeah. to deal with. That is um, f- probably forcing you to. Yeah, well, absolutely. It's it's your choice whether you actually look at it or not, but you're making you're making yeah. that choice to actually examine and kind of go what what's going to happen now or where am I going to go yeah. to next? Um, you know, as you said, Ireland has been your home for yeah. I, nearly thirty years. Yeah, thirty yeah thirty years. Yeah. So I, will, I, it, will it continue to be? Yeah, I would like to think so. I, okay. I, you know, I, I I don't I would I wouldn't find it easy going back to New Zealand. I, is is Ireland home? I, are. Well, I can never say that because I don't. I, know. I don't know. I don't know what's coming. What 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 happens? You know. Sure. I, I, one thing again, I've decided I need to spend more time in New Zealand each year. If I can do that, hopefully I can do that. Manage that. You know, uh, because you know it's easier to do that when you're on your own to go out and spend more time. Because again, you know, my brother and I, you know, we we're, we're blood and we only have each other and we haven't seen. We haven't seen each other's lives, you know, and, and in a sense, and 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 that and that is a huge regret. I, it's it's not like you come from a big family, you know. I come from small families. One brother, my father is gone. My mother, you know, like she's you know in a, in a home now, so we don't know how long she has, you know. So you've only one family, you know. And he, and, you, and and your brother, I think, am I right in thinking like like you, not married, doesn't have no, kids. No, not married, doesn't have kids. In fact, none of my 
Only one, only one of my mother's sisters, who were, or she had three sisters or something, and they've each had two children, one of each, uh, two girls and, and a boy and a girl. Only one of them has had children, you know, of, of those six kind of things. So my, I know, and that's another thing, you know, I know my family name ends, you know, ends in my generation, you know, like who, who's there to carry on? You know who's there to carry on the sort of pope name? Nobody, you know, and it's it's I suppose it's what you believe, what you believe, where the memories and that last generations and that I don't know, you know, because you know that'll be a situation whereby you know there'll be nobody to. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to speak sort of sadly, but I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm looking at all my cuttings, rugby cuttings, I was just clearing out the attic there, and I was thinking all those rugby cuttings and that I had and, and all those sort of jerseys and all those, you know, and I put five or six scrapbooks full of, 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 of things I did, not just in rugby field, writing books and, and doing things like that. And I thought, who gets to see those, you know, hmm. in a reflective mode? Like, who gets to see them? Who Most people, like you know yourself, you, you pass that on to your, to your children. You know, you pass that on to, to the next generation or say, hey, mum did this or whatever, her mum was on TV, her mum did these shows and look at this and it's a, it's a gas. Like, you know, who gets who gets all that stuff, you know, for me? You know, who be boxed up and sent back to my brother or something like that should, you know, something happen, you know. And I, you know, and I don't want to come across, like, you've sort of caught me at a good or a bad moment, you know, in a sense that, yes, I, yes, the silver linings are a reflection on the way I want to, to continue to give back and how I can give back more and, and re-examining my faith and looking at my at my love life and looking at all those things and my family life and I'd make a good father, be it a stepfather. Yes, those are the silver linings. You know, the, the, the negative side of the reflective is, is looking on your life and saying, OK, you know, does it, do, do I get better? Um, uh, or uh, you know, am, am am I am I faced with something that I have to make, you know, serious choices? And and, and you know, I, at the moment when I when I say that I'm in I'm in a position where I, I don't I don't know fully what's going on. I know there is something going on because you you know you know, you, you know yeah. your own body. Yeah. Um. And and um. You know. So so it's 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 the journey continues. And I won't patronise you by doing the Irish thing of, oh, but sure, you're grand and uh, sure, you know, don't you have this, that and the other to be thankful for and all the rest. because no, I don't feel that way. What you said there was very powerful about, like, who who gets these scrapbooks? Where does that yeah. go? But then on the other side of it, mm. the, the constant um, connection that you have with people yeah. within your own circle and the general public, yeah. the people who will listen to this conversation, Brent, who will be listening and hanging on to your every word because they're in the same spot or, yeah or, 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 yeah you know or or they finally realize hey it's not a perfect world and i'm not perfect and these know? are conversations we don't often have because i do know people who are of a certain age and maybe haven't had the the wife or husband or mm. kids or whatever and and are kind of at the phase where 
all right, is 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 this it? Yeah, and absolutely. these are important healthy conversations to yeah. have. And and of course they can't say it because because what I started off all this by saying is because there's judgment all over the place. Yeah. Ping, ping, ping. You know, people yeah. are, people are always out there to judge. Like you shouldn't be feeling this way. You know, you shouldn't be acting this way. There were people out there saying, oh well, you know, you know, like this is all in his head or this is that this the other and fine. But you're not living my life. You know, and it's the same person that comes down there and they say, oh, he's happy being a bachelor or, you know, he's always been that way. Hey, he might be the loneliest guy when he goes away from the club or something at night, going back to nobody and it's not going back to kids. You can't watch kids go through college or anything like that. You know, so it's about, hey, putting the brakes on judgment a bit for for, for everybody and everybody to say, look, I, I, I'm, I'm going through this with you in some way and, you know, everybody... Nobody's getting it right out there. You know, from from my training, that everybody, yeah, everybody has problems. Everyone out there. Now it can be problems that some people get. I admire people's bravery. My God, when I looked around that hospital ward and I saw those brave people that were dealing with things, you know, were dealing with horrendous news, and how they were dealing with it so bravely, and that's why I wanted to reach out and just you know hold their hand and say, hey, you know. There's someone here for you. Like, there's someone here for you. You don't have to be so brave. You don't have to be. So the, the, there's moments. There's moments in everybody's life when they just want to say, "Hey, you know, I'm not actually. I'm not actually brave. I'm not taking this news. I'm not taking this divorce, or I'm not taking this loss of a job. I'm not taking it as easy as I can, and I need help." Rather than stick out their chest and say, "It'll be grand," because for a lot of people, it's not grand. And and for them to know from this conversation and others like it that. You know, reach out for help and, and let people know that they're not alone and let people know that you're going through this as well because we'll strengthen numbers, you know? Yeah, big time. And, uh, and, and, and for people to, 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 to live their lives in a non-judgmental, better way. And I think that way COVID has been good for people in a sense. It's not all been bad. It's been a situation that people have appreciated more time with their family. People have started new families and, uh, well, you know, yourself, you, you know, but yeah, yeah. They've, they've, they've seen what's really important in their lives. You know, is it is it spending 15 hours at work every day or is it going home to the kids and living out of Dublin and having time kicking a ball with them out in the park, something they couldn't do? Absolutely, that's what it's about. And for people to really pick up the pick up the slack and say hey you know this is what I want to do I want to travel more I want to make connections with people I want to give back I want to do charity work I want to go back to college I want to fulfill all those things that I wanted to do maybe now's hey maybe now's the time to do it mm-hmm. mm. at the beginning of the conversation you did mention that you had your own theory as to why you are unwell now we're not going to get into it because you you've told me privately what you yeah, yeah. what you feel that is but effectively for people who are listening maybe going I don't really get that mm. effectively you feel that you were you were um prescribed a drug yeah. that you, we won't name yeah. that um, has led to a whole yeah. heap of issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think it's an important message and it's not it's not demonising the medical profession no, because I think no, not at, all. at the end of the day, you know, I think we both share, you know, yeah. a respect for... Yeah, absolutely. You know, for for, for medicine and, and, and for doctors and nurses. The timing is just too coincidental. Mm. You know, and mm. and I won't, I you know, but it's not gonna, st- it's it's not gonna stop, it's not gonna stop here. I I don't believe because I, it, it's it's just a situation, it's just a situation that, 
Um, firstly, you're right. I mean, I have huge respect for the medical profession and the people that are looking after me have been fantastic and I can't talk more highly about them. My disappointment is being put on a medication that I didn't feel in retrospect that I needed to be put on. Mm. Um, and whatever, whatever, whatever chances are small and whatever trying to mention it to, to people and, and saying, okay, that it probably wouldn't be that or whatever, I just believe that my body has had a, a, a systematic reaction to this drug um, and it's really thrown all systems down because I can't sleep anymore. I, I was the world's best sleeper, you know, two years okay. ago. I, I, you know, I'd go off to bed at 9.30 or 10, wouldn't wake up till 7. Now I maybe wake 10 times a night. I can't, I can't get sleep. Um, the proof is in the pudding of scans and that. I've had so many scans and, and capsule scans and colonoscopies and all that. And, and, and to, be told, to be told, okay, is some reaction... There's some reaction or this severe reaction to something. Um, we just don't know what it is. It's, 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 it's it, it, you know, from from the from the from the gastro point of view, I'm being told that it's a it's a severe chemical reaction to something. And when I talk about that, I've not been on any other medication. Um, then to have problems, you know. Um, you know, having a, 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 my liver looked at, and that's another thing that everybody should do, actually. But um, of, of, of the fibrous gland, the liver biopsies, for your liver to be sort of, for your sleep, for your liver, for your nervous system, like I'm, 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 I'm covered in twitches now, you know, full-time, 24, like parts of my body will be twitching, which is unusual, okay. central nervous thing. So it's like, it's like a systematic attack. On my body, it's like either immune response or immune response. But like, there's not a day I don't get. There's not a day I don't get up and I feel, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just not myself. And there'll be days where it'll be worse. There'll be days when I, 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 I can't eat anything. It's too painful for me. There'll be other days where it's not as bad. But I know, I know one thing. And you said hope. I, I just know. Deep down, and I suppose it's negative thinking. I, it's just gone on too long now to think myself well. I mean, so many people have said, "Oh well, believe you will be better. Believe you will be better." And after a while, you just <laughs> you give up hope of anything. My hope is my hope that is that touch wood, and 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 pray to God that it's something manageable for me and it gets easier for me over time. That's my hope. Um, is the waiting for answers the scariest part of this? Waiting for answers is very scary. Mm. It's very scary because you go to doctors with specific sets of symptoms, and I'm not a hypochondriac. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not yeah. like it's not like I've been in and out of doctors' rooms all my life. Um, so it's not. It's, so it's not like sometimes. I mean, please don't tell. Please don't tell people in the medical profession uh, that something is in their head or psychosomatic, because people know when they're going there that it's real for them. And there'll be a lot of people out there now when they hear that jumping and punching the air, saying, "My God!" But to to go along to go along to the doctors or whatever with a problem, and and be sometimes said, oh, well, it's anxiety, it's stress or whatever. And, and yes, I know they can do, you know, incredible damage to, to, to your body. And over a long period of time, I, I get that. But um, 
don't dismiss. No, because because yeah. you're right. Because when you go with a specific set of symptoms and you're given you're given, you know, some reassurance until you until something else happens and then you've got to go along. And I've had to, like I've had to do it with my liver. I've had to do it with my stomach. I've had to do it with my 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 sleep pattern. I've had to do it with my nervous system. And so I've had to see different consultants in different areas. It's not just like it's not just one thing. It's mm. not like just it's not like okay. And yes, I'm I'm. It's it's great news when they come back and they say, look, we can see with damage done, but we, you know they've had meetings with consultants and that tried to tried to work out what is wrong and and have seen things that are wrong and have tried to sit down and say, look, what could it be? And I've been on various other medications, you know, whether it's steroids or whatever. I've seen. Um, um, I suppose um, functional medicine people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the hardest thing for me to accept, the hardest thing for me to accept is if if it is due to a medication, then I'm responsible. And boy, that's hard. That's like saying, you know, that's that's the hardest thing to get to get over for me mentally. But then, I'm not. I know. I know. But you were but you were prescribed it. If I know. That's the case. I was. I was. I was. I was given it. You weren't forced I, to take I, it. No, I was flipped away. I was flipped away that this is that this is a, a safe drug and uh, there'd be no problems. Um, you know, uh, d d d don't worry about it. You know, no worries. Uh, and 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 bang. About two or three weeks into that drug. I started getting the problems that have that have never that have stopped, and then when I did more research on this medication, boy, you know, I saw that it can create permanent problems, you know, uh, for some people. Unlucky, yes, unlucky, because you know a lot of people take it and unlucky, and I've just had a reaction. But I was in fine form, and I I I I was enjoying COVID, and in fact, as much as anybody could, because it gave me time off from, from from a lot of other work that I was doing, and I was busy painting the house, and I was out, and people were saying, you know, you know how fit and healthy I was looking, and I felt fit and healthy, and then to go from there to bang, you yeah. know, to losing, you know, two stone in a couple of weeks, to not knowing what was going on, to, you know, vomiting, to having blood, like. It it just doesn't make sense, you know. For a while, I thought it was COVID. Mm. You know, for a while, I thought it was, but but I was tested for COVID. But but um, do you believe your body is working towards health and healing? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so because the the the, the hope that I have is that I have better I have better days, I have better days now than I had certainly a year and a, a year and a half ago. Or whatever, I, I have better days. Okay. I'm still not perfect. Like my, you know, my stomach, my stomach is still sore. Okay. And I'm still not getting the sleep and stuff like that. But um, that may never come back. You know, that 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 might not. Um, I but, suppose you can only deal with what you know right now. And, what I know right yeah. now. What I know right now, and it's yeah. getting over. It's it, it, it's slowly getting over each individual individual hurdle, um, because when you when you when you're wheeled in for scopes and stuff like that, there's always there's always there's always a fear in the back of your mind that, you know, like what are they coming back with you, you know? And that's where that's where you know something resonates with me because when I was getting tests done there around my 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 liver there, you know, about a year ago or whatever, I was, uh, 
you know, push you down the wheelchair to the MRI or the CT scanner or whatever like that. And um, I was just facing a, a, a woman um, there and she was saying, we were just talking about, I said, I'm just having my liver scanned or whatever like that. And she said, yeah, she said, unfortunately, she said, I'm in the same boat. And she said, they found lesions on my liver and stuff. And I, I just sort of thought... Mm. Just at that moment, I thought that could be me, you know, like, like I could be the other person on that, you know. I'm just going in, and it wasn't sharing. It wasn't sharing hard luck stories. It was just that was the reality of somebody being being, you know, plunged in that situation. That's when I started off saying, I, I, I feel, I feel at the moment, till I get these current batches of tests, you know, out of out of the way that I feel that I've been in the waiting room for a year and a half because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how I feel. I think I've... Yeah. And I say, and it's not... It's not a, I, I could understand if I was a hypochondriac. I can understand. I mean, when I, when I first went to the doctor, I said, I said, but I don't even have... I don't, I don't even have a regular doctor. I said, I haven't spent a night in hospital um, for, 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 for 50 years. Okay. Wow. For 50 years. It wasn't as if I was going in and saying, oh, well, I think it's... I think it's uh, it's cancer, anything like that. You know, I you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't. And so people can sit out there and judge again all they like and 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 say, ah, oh, you know, why well, like, you know, what's he going to the, you know? But but I've heard so so many people along that journey that have been in similar situations to me and and have gone and and their news hasn't been good, mm. you know, and and that scares you. Because you're in the unknown. I mean, and it's easy for me to say, you know, you, know, you can't think that way, you, you know. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Oh. But I also know what it's like to be faced with illness and. Well, yeah, you've got well, you know, you've been through that. Yeah, and it's scary, and and when you're in it, it's it is it, yeah. you know you are you're you're managing a lot. You're trying to manage the physical, and the mental stuff that comes up for you, and then how it impacts you emotionally and in every way. So. But you know, I, I mean, fully you appreciate through, where, yeah. You went through that. I mean, you went through that, not knowing and being scared every time you go down. Is this, is this worse than you thought? Is this better than you thought? You know, and 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 people are dealing with that all the time. And and you know, and and that has an impact on your mental health. It has to. Of course it does. Of course it, it has does. To. Of course it does. Yeah. Because not everybody walks in bravely and says, "Hey, I'll deal with what they, they give me." There are some people like that, and I admire those people like that. But there's not many. Yeah. yeah. Not many that walk in and say, and somebody says, "Okay, well, you've got, you know, you've got bowel cancer or you've got prostate cancer or something," and then march out and say, "Yes, people say I'm going to fight it. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for the fight. Whatever, whatever I have or I don't have." But it, it's it's that it's that period of uncertainty that that rocks you you know that yeah. period of okay i'm not getting better what are we dealing with please tell me we're dealing with something that you can give me say okay this will come right you know at some stage it might take two years it might take three years it might take four years whatever that is but it's damned hard when you're being told to go off and see somebody else now and being told maybe look wait another six months and we'll be back in for another biopsy or another scan or whatever that you know what do they expect people to go away for that six months and 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 you know and you it's hard to it's hard to get better it's hard to feel better when 
each thing is stretched out. And you don't have answers. Okay, Brent, you know, if, if it's another six months and symptoms yeah. haven't got worse, you know, we can we can look at more positively and, and stuff like that. And, and, and but, but, but that's, a, that's a waiting period of six months and it's a long time. In an ideal scenario, from now, yep. you know, and... Uh, you know, say you get you get answers. Yeah. It's something it's something manageable, mm. and that you can yeah. heal from, move on yeah. from. W- like if you were to kind of picture yourself in in ten twenty years time, yeah. and you know back to a, a good level yeah. of health where you are sleeping through yeah. the night and and you're feeling good. What would your life look like? Do you think in in an ideal situation? It'd look a lot different. And that's what I say about the silver linings. And I don't want this to be a morbid conversation in that sense. And and, and people are probably going to take that. And, and I, I've been kind of, you know, I've been told by some circles, oh, you know, don't, don't air your dirty laundry, so to speak, you know. So there's some, there's some, there's some thoughts of me about, oh, well, you know, woe is me. And I don't want that to be the case. I, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to, to I don't be think, is I, just, I, no. I, I don't think people, I'm trying, well, to, I'm I mean, trying no, to be I honest. Cer- I certainly don't think, I think people will see you as gutsy and. Just saying like, it, well, saying this like, is the way it is. And look, this you is know, what this podcast not, is about. Not it's about gonna, people being real and you are. Yeah, and I'm and not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to myself or lie to other people out there and yeah. say, look, I'm handling this well. I'm not handling it well. And I'm scared and, and, and. At times, I feel frightened, like every natural reaction. So I'm not going to stand up on a pedestal and say, you know, life is great mm. and and everything's going to be okay and everything's going to be brilliant because that's just not the way I feel. And yes, I could mask it by saying oh, I'm grand or you know there will be better days and hopefully there is. And I'm keeping that on the back of the, of, of, of the shelf too. But I mean, part of my mental, I suppose, vulnerability is that is that. You know, it was like somebody saying, I've got to say, you know, you're not going to live inside my hint rent free, which was a great thing said, like, yeah. because part of my psyche, part of the way that I've always dealt with things is that, is that most of my life in, in regards, in regards school, scholastically, um, uh, sporting wise, relationship wise, health wise, uh, Four of those before the health wise was glass half empty, you know. That was just my. That was just unfortunately. That's what I was just blessed with. That I was, you know, that something's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong to me, you know. Mm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss out in the All Blacks with injury and which I did. And this was this was God's message to me for some reason. You know, it was like, you know you're never going to make it, you know, you're never going to pass this exam, you're never going to find, you know, someone that loves you, you'll never get, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never. And, and people can sit out there and say, oh, you know, just be more positive, be more positive. But I got sick of going and hearing those American people that, you know, we can walk on coals and come on, take control of your life and all that, because it just wasn't realistic to me. I couldn't, I couldn't change the way I was deep down, the type of person I was, the type of person I was, was cautious, um, negative thinking. Yes. Not all the time. Uh, certainly not about my health. You know, my health was the one thing that I always said, okay, well, I'm healthy. And, you know, I was, I was, I was born a very sickly child and I shouldn't have even, I shouldn't have even lived my first couple of years. So I always look back on that and say, you know, 
from a religious point of view, something my mother said to me, she said, Brent, you know, you're always destined to do something with your life because you shouldn't have been here. But, mm. and that's always resonated with me, but it still goes back to what I want my life to look like, you know, now is that I want these changes to be positive in my life and, 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 and to live the life that I've set out here that means, that means, how does it look in 20 years? It means being being happy with someone, either part of a family or not being alone. I don't picture myself, you know, being alone in some place, you know, doesn't matter where it is around the world or whatever. I don't picture myself being alone in my life. Right. I picture being with someone and maybe being a part of somebody else's family, be mm. it a stepdad or whatever, something like that. It it, it, it looks like um, helping out in the community in a way, even if it's, you know, I'd love to open up an art gallery for disadvantaged artists or I'd love to I'd love to do that, you know, charity work or give back or something involved something involved in that. And and really just I suppose enjoying my life. Have more faith. Um, you know, and that's it. So so a nice mix of a of, of a happy, balanced person that's that's loving life and not looking back in life and regrets, and I think I can, I can handle that now. I, I can handle. I can handle all I'm saying here now, and it it, it, upset, it upsets me to say. It's just saying, please God, give me another twenty years. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that, yeah, you know, yeah. Again, you can see them visibly upset about that, but yeah. I want. I want that life. I want that life. I want. I want to. I want to. I want to be able to look back and say, these moments when I was most vulnerable and most scared and most, you know, that something good came of it and something allowed me to change my life and for the for the positive and you know make those changes and and God willing that I that that I, that I look up to the the heavens at, at at an age and say say I've had a full and wonderful life, and I think isn't that what everybody wants really to look back and say, at in you know, yeah, at any age, hopefully fingers crossed at an older age, but still at any age to say, look, I've had a, I've had a, 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 and that's where I see real bravery in people. That's where I see talking to those people we talked about before about getting something back from people that are in a situation like that. It's people that I talk to that look you straight in the eye and say, Brent, I've had a wonderful life. Yeah, you know. I've had wonderful relationships. I've had wonderful. I've brought up wonderful children, and I've got grandchildren and that. And you know, I you know, you know, and I've got a great faith. And I, I just I admire those people so much. I know it's irrelevant what I think, but listening to you speak there, I'm like I'm actually delighted to hear you speak that way, um, and I'm excited for you mm. because I think. None of us know what's around the corner. And I'm no. sure, you know, if we if we start to share different stories back and forth, there have been many times in my life where I mm. thought life was going one direction and then something flipped it on its head, either at the time the worst thing ever, um, which led me down a different path yeah, yeah. to something completely different, which well, then may have ended up in far better than I ever would have imagined all the rest and I think life is full of that yeah it's full and, and, and at different stages and 
I think it's interesting listening to you speak. You said, I was. You kept saying, you kept using, the, I don't know whether you're aware of it or not, but you kept using the past tense. Yeah. Almost like this was the old Brent. <clears throat> but now where I'm at now yeah. and going forward, yeah. things things will be different. Yeah, things will be different. And, and, and I'm glad you say that because that gives me an extra boost too. So thank you, you know, because sometimes you need to be told. And, and again, people like you and I, and we're, we're very similar, you know, mm. people like you and I, get to talk to other people but but we sometimes don't get to share you know how we really feel about things ourselves so yeah. you know it's, it's 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 you know and i mean you know what we've talked about today is raw and you know hopefully people will take something inspirational out of it because i don't do it for that reason i just do it for for the reasons that i sort of think this is me this is this is the real brent this is who i am warts and all um if you don't like that, well, I'm not in a situation, I'm not that type of person that says, well, boo-hoo, you know, I don't need you. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, it, I do see it as reasonably brave to, to, to say that you're vulnerable and to yeah. talk about your life and saying, okay, and a lot of areas I've messed up. Boy, I've messed up. But we all know. have. But we all have. Mm. Haven't we all sitting out there saying, you know, if my life had gone in a different direction? But I think what you said before is really inspirational, is that regardless of what, of where life takes us, whatever road, that it could end up in a silver line. Yeah, you yeah. know, it could, you know, you you go into a new job, you go into a new relationship, you go to a new country, you, you, whatever, whatever that is for you, that look at that journey as saying something that, okay, it's a change of direction in your life, but it also could be a good change or it could be a wake-up call or it could be a, a, a move to some to somewhere else in your life that, that could be good. So... So that's what I'm saying. I mean, if I could just get my physical health back to some way that I can be my old person, I know I'm not going to be, I know I'm not going to be the old Brent Pope I was two years ago. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, I can be a better version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's when I start talking about the future and look at it positively and look at things that I want to do that, that you know that that I'm going to do and 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 hopefully I can do it with, you know, reasonably good health. I look forward to the time we can sit down again at some stage in the future and have a very different conversation. Yeah. When you're in a very different place. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd yeah. love. I'd, I'd. I'd love. I'd love that. I'd love that side of it because I've. 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 Man, have I battled all my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know it, it, fifteen years ago when I came out about my mental health, I was probably the first. In rap terms, I'm probably an original gangster. You know, in the sense that that. When I when I when Ryan Tuberty spoke to me maybe 15 years ago and just looked at me and said Brent there's something wrong with you and I broke down I said there's been something wrong with me all my life and and I felt weak and I went round the back of RT and I put my hands on my heads and I cried and I said my life is over in Ireland because men won't understand men won't understand and that's generally how I felt did you because I felt that having somebody on a rugby panel that was six foot three and you know, big, strong guy and stuff mm. like that and aggressive and all these things that I was renowned for on the rugby field, that suddenly he could be so weak as a man. I felt weak. I felt gutless. I felt I felt that people will see through me in the sense that they'll see, oh, well, you know, this guy isn't what he said to be. Why should he even be commentating? about? I felt, why should I even be commentating about rugby when I had mental health problems? You know, and I'd hit all those things and everything just came up. It just bubbled to the surface. All my years of anxiety attacks, of 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 of, of feeling depressed, of feeling suicidal at those times, 
they all just come to the surface and I, I felt scared. I felt that no one would understand. And then Ryan rang me back about an hour and a half later. I was in the supermarket thinking about moving from Ireland again and making a new start somewhere else where people didn't know me. And he just said, he said, the switchboard is lit up, Brent, with yeah. men just saying, hey, you know. And while that made me sad on a sort of a level, I think, oh, you know, these other people are going through this as well. I, 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 I then realised that, you know, and he said something, he said, but you're loved, you know, and I, I, that gave me so much of a fill-up at that stage and to be able to move forward and speak to people and and now now it's the done thing, you know, now it's, yeah, yeah. you know, in fact, it's probably overdone, you know, to a certain degree that, you know, people are, people are you know, every, every page you turn now, people have got something to say about mental health. But I think, I think, Going back, coming from coming from a, a person that has lived it, mm. you know, for so long. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming up 60 this year. You know, so someone that has lived with mental health problems since early teenage years and has battled on, you know, it does show resilience and it does show, you know, getting up again and and going at it again from a different way. And it, it does call on dark times as well to get through it and that. But I've learnt the lessons, and and that's the strength I can give to somebody. That you know, please, if you're listening to this and, and it's resonating with you anyway, you know, and if you listen, and it's one person that just gets on that phone and rings up somebody and says, "Hey, yeah. I'm not feeling so well about this situation I'm in, or I'm not feeling well about COVID, or I'm not feeling well about my physical health and my mental health is being affected." Please get on the phone and talk to someone, you know, whoever it is. Yeah. and get the help and move on with your life and have wonderful, fulfilling 20-year-plus lives. Yeah. You know, that's that's all I want for people, really. It's, and it's genuine. That's what I want. You're a gem. And, you know, a lot of this conversation has been about things like about worth and, mm. and feeling worthy. And you're the one who gives all the time giving. Mm. But, you know, there is kind of a law of nature. I'm sure you're aware of it, like the, the law of giving and receiving. Yeah. So you, you got to be able to give. It's important. But you got to be able to receive it, yeah, too. No, I want that. So I, I hope you that. open yourself up to yeah, that. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do. I do want to. And, and, th- and thanks. I mean, even even the cards I've got or the message I've got from people out there has been absolutely brilliant. And, you know, at some stage, we'll get back to all the people that, you know, have heard me talk and know that I'm not in a good place, even down in the local supermarket or wherever they're always asking after. And and it makes a huge difference. So for yeah. people just to say it does make a huge difference to people. Um, in my situation, especially if, if if you don't have a partner or a significant other, and mm. so yes. and, and people have been yet. Yes. No, that's the that's the that's, that's the next. That's the that's next. The, thing. That's the next. That's the next step. So look, thank you very much thank as well. You. Thanks, thank you. Thanks as always for for a platform to be able to to share with people and um, yeah, hopefully fingers crossed, uh, news will be good. The wonderful Brent Pope. If you enjoyed this conversation, please show your support. It only takes a minute and I would be so grateful. You can leave a rating or a little comment on Apple or you can simply click follow on Spotify. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.